You're listening to Derm Consult on ReachMD, and this episode is sponsored by Insight. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to Derm Consult on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to share counseling strategies to help patients cope with the psychosocial burden of vitiligo is Dr. Jim Del Rosso, who's the research director and an investigator at JDR Dermatology Research and an adjunct clinical professor of dermatology at Toro University, Nevada, in Henderson. Dr. Del Rosso, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. To start us off, Dr. Del Rosso, what sort of psychosocial impact does vitiligo have on patients? Well, first we have to understand what vitiligo is, and obviously there are changes in the color of the skin because of what's happening. And it's a disease. It's not just a cosmetic issue, even though it's often perceived that way, because patients develop areas where they lose the melanocytes or the pigment cells in their skin, and then their skin becomes discolored. And so it's going to be lighter than whatever their natural skin color is. So the darker you are in terms of your natural skin color, the more contrast you're going to have. So essentially, you're getting white spots in different areas of the skin. More than 75% are on the face and hands, so visible areas, uh, which obviously has impact on that individual because they know that people are seeing it. And many, many patients are self-conscious about it. You might not necessarily see it when when you're talking to the person or as a clinician, necessarily pick up on that in conversation, but there's a lot more going on inside their head and inside their heart of how they feel than what we might understand because they're living that with that every day, every time they encounter someone or when they look at themselves in the mirror. So it really has a significant psychological effect on many people. And if we take a moment to zero in on our adolescent and young adult patients, how can vitiligo impact them specifically? Well, it could start very early in life. Often, you know, it starts later in life. It's not necessarily always early. But when it's starting earlier in life, it, it it's obviously something that, you know, especially nowadays we hear about bullying or even when I was growing up years ago, you know, kids would pick on other kids. So they become self-conscious about it. They don't necessarily understand what's going on. And then depending on, you know, what type of family members they have around them or parents they have around them, that support system is also going to be very important because if they're affected by it in an adverse way, that, that sort of gets transferred down to the child. With adolescence, I remember 13 or 14 when I started to suddenly, you know, develop another kind of interest in other individuals, in my case, in, in, in girls, you know, you're very self-conscious about how you look, how you're being thought of, how you're perceived. And so there's a lot of psychological effect because if somebody's looking at you, you know, wondering, why do you have these white spots on your skin? And we have a lot of data to support that people get depressed about it. Their self-esteem is significantly impacted in a negative way. And other people looking at them don't know if it's contagious. They don't know what it is, what's wrong with this particular individual. So magnify that in the minds of the person that has it, if you are not experiencing this yourself. And that'll lead you to understand how it might affect someone on an everyday basis. Now, with all that being said, Dr. Del Rosso, would you explain how a patient's response to treatment could also affect their quality of life? The situation with vitiligo is we have to remember what's actually happening. It's an autoimmune condition. 
Okay, so for whatever reason, the body's developing a response that's actually causing those pigment cells to die in the areas where the disease is occurring, where the condition is occurring. And so they lose the pigment cells. And any type of treatment is going to have to regenerate that factory. And sometimes that's possible, sometimes that's not. The pigment cell factory has to be regenerated. So that's going to take time. And it can also be incomplete. So if you picture someone that has maybe, you know, one or two inches, a few areas on their face, maybe around their eyes, on the back of their hands, and it could be anywhere else on the body. When you give a treatment, and we have not had a lot of effective treatments, and the treatments, even newer ones that we're seeing better, much better responses are slow, takes months of time to get the color to come back. Sometimes that's incomplete. So they still might have a speckled or an incomplete repigmentation of their skin. So it doesn't always come back that it looks perfectly normal perfectly matched in color. So people have to live with, even if they're going to treatment, if they're seeing the best specialists for this, it's going to take a lot of time and it's not always a complete improvement. So they're still dealing with the fact that it's visible or looking at themselves and seeing that difference in the skin color. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Derm Consult on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and I'm speaking with Dr. Jim Del Rosso about the psychosocial impact of vitiligo. So, Dr. Del Rosso, given the burden vitiligo can have on our patients, would you share some tactics that can help them open up about their unique challenges? I think, first of all, as a clinician, as a physician, I've thought about this a lot. I'm seeing that individual in a snapshot in time. You know, I'm going in and I'm seeing them, and I'm obviously going to be focusing on trying to help them with treatment, but I have to step back and think about how this might be affecting them. And we have a lot of studies that look at quality of life parameters and, and different validated measures that individuals are answering those, and those are pages long, and they're doing it over a long period of time to get that information of how that affects them. But that's not happening in a, in a conversation in a doctor visit very often. We don't typically go through that much detail. There's not enough time to do it, and we're focusing on the management of it. So we don't always know exactly how it's affecting those particular individuals. So I try to develop some way of connecting with them to let them know that I want to know how it's affecting them, that give me two or three ways that this really bothers you uh, so that I could hear them say in their own words how it's affecting them. Because if you look at the literature, uh, Charles, there's a lot of information that would surprise you how this affects people and how even in their own families, depending, and there are a lot of cultural aspects to that too, that the literature points out that's different based on the background culture of the individuals in many cases, how it really is affecting them on a day-to-day -day basis. So I try to make that connection early on so I could understand how it's affecting them before I get into, well, we have this treatment or that treatment, and this is the pros and cons of this treatment or that treatment. The typical doctor talk with a patient, I try to step back and see if I could at least let them know that I want to understand how that's affecting them individually, not just assuming that it's creating a problem, but understanding in their case how it's affecting them. Well, once we have a better understanding of a patient's unique challenges, what counseling strategies could we use to help them cope with that burden? Well, what's interesting about vitiligo, it's been described as having a low symptomatic burden or impairment and a high psychosocial burden or impairment. So it's not a condition that's creating 
symptoms like itching, burning, the skin is burning or stinging, or, you know, it's something that's visible. And that's why often it, it can be perceived as a cosmetic issue by third parties that are often paying for the different treatments. But it's not just a cosmetic issue. It has significant psychosocial burden. People suffer from depression. They suffer from, you know, fear of interaction with other people, uh, fear of sunburning because they've lost some of the pigmentation in the skin, fear of exposing those parts of the body for whatever reason. So there's a lot of pressure. So if depending on what that individual is experiencing, you might need to get them to get some help from someone else, some other professional that can help them cope with it. Because these people carry it for a long time. They carry it for their whole life once once it manifests. So not everybody's the same in how they can cope with it. I've seen some people that they clearly tell me it doesn't bother me at all. I've come to grips with it. And but many people do not. So I have some obligation as a clinician to understand how it's affecting that patient and ask them eye to eye, do we need to get you some help in how to cope with this? So it, you have to find out what's bothering that person and try to get them the help they need. Now, we're almost out of time for today, Dr. Del Rosso. But before we close, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think it's important that now that we are developing much better therapies and we can get patients often to completely repigment their skin or significantly improved, and many of these patients will tell you they feel a lot better. First of all, letting people know that we have better options. But the earlier we treat this condition, if we can catch these individuals and, and get everyone to understand, if you're seeing this starting out, don't be thinking, well, you know, it may not get that bad, or we'll try these simpler measures that we know are not likely going to work. Don't waste that time. That time is valuable. And the earlier you catch it, the better chance you're going to have to totally repigment someone's skin so they don't have to deal with everything that we've just been talking about. You know, we can get around that. So earlier treatment is a very important message. Well, with those key considerations in mind, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Jim Del Rosso, for joining me to discuss how we can help our patients cope with the psychosocial impacts of vitiligo. Dr. Del Rosso, it was great having you on the program. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to be here, and I hope what I had to say will help a lot of people. You've been listening to Derm Consult. This episode was sponsored by Insight. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com slash DermConsult, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.